Welcome to the Friday edition of Couch Potato Diary. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you guys very much for downloading and listening today. We are coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. Clearwater Cleaning Solutions is a locally owned commercial and residential cleaning company who specializes in commercial cleaning from shared workspaces and commercial buildings to medical clinics, retail stores, production facilities, and high-rise building maintenance. Uh, so shout out to Clearwater Cleaning Solutions and the new mascot, C-Dub. And also check out them online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. You can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at primetimeklein, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. The music that you're listening to is provided by Wasted Talent. You can find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent with X's where the A's would be. And you can find their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh music. So it's a fights in football Friday, a little different with no football this weekend, but the Canadian Football League providing us with um, at least a little bit of news and some big news actually. So we will get into that. We have a couple of not major fights this weekend, but intriguing fights. And I, I think there's a bit of a tie in with the, the boxing world and the MMA world this weekend. So we will get into that as well. We start with the Canadian Football League and Jeremiah Masoli is on his way to Ottawa. And when you look at the Canadian Football League quarterback landscape, this made the most sense, right? Like, Edmonton is at least going to give it the old college try with Arbuckle. Saskatchewan probably wasn't going to do anything drastic with Cody Fajardo, especially after he took uh, a bit of a, a bit of a haircut there. And Bo Levi Mitchell, if it's not him, it's Maher in, in Calgary. Winnipeg seems pretty content with Zach Galeros right now. Hamilton made their decision. Toronto re-upped with McLeod Bethel-Thompson. I can't imagine Montreal wanting to get off of Vernon Adams. And BC would have been the other option to look at for a quarterback, but they've loaded up on receivers now. And it seems like they didn't necessarily have the money to spend on a big quarterback. They're kind of just going with the, let's make everything else awesome and hope the quarterback is. And try to give him as much support as we need. So Masoli to the Red Blacks was the move that made really the most sense. For him now, this is an interesting test because he's always had a bit of talent around him, not like high end, the, the best receiving core in the league or whatever. But I mean, there've been times they've been up there for sure. Like the, it's not a bottom half of the league receiving group in, in Hamilton, but now in Ottawa, like it really feels like you're starting from scratch there. And that, that, can be a little bit tricky. And we saw this last year. That was not a good football team. And I don't think they're a quarterback away from making a whole lot of noise in the East. Like they have, they have quite a bit of ground to make up to catch up with the Toronto's, the Montreal's, um, and the Hamilton's there as Masoli is, is well aware. But this is at least a start. And the thing that you really like to see is just teams, teams being competitive, right? And this is the Canadian Football League. Turnarounds can happen very, very quickly. We have seen that Ottawa knows how quickly you can turn things around with a strong quarterback. And they, they were able to, to make a real splash right away by picking up Henry Burris. Maybe they're hoping that this is that, but this is this is a chance for Jeremiah Masoli to show what he can do in another system. And I think this is also a chance for him to show that he can be that high-level guy. We talked about it during the season. When this quarterback is on, Masoli is one of the best quarterbacks in the Canadian Football League. It's just you only get it seven times a year. And if those other 11 times come at bad spots, then your season can be over. It is tough to know when, it is tough to know where the, the the great quarterback will show up and the not great quarterback will fall off, who knows. It's it's maddening, maddeningly inconsistent 
for him. But if he can put a real run together, this will be a big boost for him. I still think there is something there. And from an Ottawa standpoint, like this is now a, a fixture that you can build around and you at least don't have the, okay, well, is it Duck Hodges? We don't know. We haven't really seen him play. Is it this guy? Well, we haven't really seen him play either. Is it whoever? Like it's, it makes a lot of sense to just solidify the quarterback spot. Again, with someone who is inconsistent, but miles better than anyone else that they had. The interesting thing now is where does Trevor Harris go? A free agent after being let go by the Montreal Alouettes. And it really seems like that is a stock that has plummeted over the last little bit after being the, the starting quarterback in, in Edmonton. We just went through the quarterback carousel. He is going to be He's going to be a backup wherever he goes this year. I think there's a couple of interesting spots out there for him. I don't think you do it in BC because that just... On the one hand, if it was just a video game and you're not worried about the personalities involved, then you bring in a Trevor Harris and you back up your your young Canadian quarterback, Nathan Rourke, there. And you're just like, okay, well, that's... That, that, that makes a whole lot of sense if this kid is not dependable or maybe hasn't taken the steps that we, we thought he was going to, then, hey, look at this. We have a, a reliable backup quarterback that is behind him. But I think that puts way too much pressure on a 23-year-old kid who is going to be in the, the starting spotlight largely for the first time in his career. Again, he gets thrust into it a little bit with Michael Riley there, but I, I feel like he's not going to want those footsteps behind him in Trevor Harris. It certainly seems like the Edmonton thing won't be a go for Trevor, although it's a different regime there, completely different regime in Edmonton now. So maybe that makes sense. A couple of spots that I think it works for him. I think he's an interest, depending on how much he wants to get paid, I think he's an interesting backup for Winnipeg. Zach Claros has been on a great run. However, this is a quarterback who has had some injury issues, quite a few of them over the last little while. And this is obviously a Winnipeg team that is in win now mode. They've done that twice. I think if you can back up Zach Caleros with a reliable backup quarterback like Trevor Harris can be, and if, if Trevor Harris is your backup, then you have one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league. Like if, if Halifax was starting a team tomorrow, he's probably the quarterback. I think that makes a lot of sense. And then honestly, we just talked about the inconsistencies. I think it makes sense for Harris to be the backup in Ottawa. I could see Jeremiah Masoli kind of having ruffled feathers over this because he just went from a situation where he was a starting quarterback and he lost the, the job to the more dependable backup quarterback. I can't imagine he'd be stoked at that occurring again with, with Trevor Harris being brought in. But I think for Ottawa, it makes sense. I think a little bit for Toronto, it makes sense. But we all know I, I'm not necessarily one of the higher ones in the Canadian Football League on McLeod Bethel-Thompson. But I, I think Harris now is one of the, the, the interesting names to look for. Although he's not the most interesting Harris out there, as word out of Winnipeg is that Andrew Harris is having some issues with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I, I find it a little strange because on the one hand, I don't see him playing anywhere else. But on the other hand, this isn't really a player that you just have these weird negotiation tactics with. Like, it seems like there's a mutual interest, or there should be a mutual interest, player and team, to just get him locked up, get it done, and just move forward. So to, to just float this out there as a, a media thing for a, a negotiation tactic, it doesn't seem like this would be the relationship to do that unless there is actually something that is damaged. And if he actually leaves, that would be... I just, again, I can't wrap my head around that. I think like Winnipeg is still a favorite to win the, the Grey Cup for sure, but it gives their team quite the hit as, again, Zach Caleros has been great, but 
it's great to have Zach Caleros. It's not great to need Zach Caleros is, is my opinion on that. And so if Andrew Harris leaves Winnipeg, that gives them a shot. And then I, I wonder where he ends up. The, the first one that came to mind immediately, and maybe it's just because we've seen him there. I wonder if he goes back to BC. We've already talked about all of the talent they are trying to surround Nathan Rourke with. What better way to introduce a young quarterback into Canadian Football League play than by having one of the best running backs in the league. And Andrew Harris, I still think, even with the injury issue last year, was, like, Standback was obviously the best running back in the league as a whole. But just if we're playing a CFL video game and we're sorting by overalls, Andrew Harris is still number one. And I think that would be a great way to to help out a young quarterback. I I could see it in Edmonton because... Chris Jones just loves himself some superstars and that, that seems like the type of guy. And then he's a defense first coach, defense first coaches tend to like smash mouth run play. And we can maybe get into why uh, a little bit later, but they, they, they like the smash mouth run play. And I, I wonder if that's something. And again, you have a young, relatively unproven quarterback in Nick Arbuckle. That would be a great way to, to solve that. And then my last thought is Toronto, because Toronto loves every big name free agent and that there would be no bigger name than Andrew Harris coming into, to, to, into Toronto. Sorry. So all of a sudden, the CFL offseason just got a little bit more interesting. And uh, Saskatchewan already saying they're going to spend to the cap. It seems like it's going to be a quiet offseason for Calgary until the draft, at least. And then you have a couple of exciting prospects in the draft who played for the Dinos in the receiving twins. So I'm, I'm very much interested to see how the rest of the CFL offseason goes. The music that you hear on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. You can find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent with X is where the A's would be and check out their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music. couple of interesting fights this weekend. Uh, we'll start in the UFC as it is Jack, uh, Jack Hermanson. I don't know where the shirt was coming from. Uh, taking on Sean Strickland. Maybe that's where I was thinking the shirt from. I think this is an interesting fight. Um, it, it's not... It's not one, oh man, I can't believe this is on a pay-per-view. But this is, I, I think, and it, it, I think it kind of ties in a little bit with the, the, the boxing fight that's coming up this weekend as you have um, Keith Thurman taking on Mario Barrios, which is just a fun name to say. But for Hermanson, this is a fight to try to stay relevant in the division. He just has not been able to string multiple wins together in a row to or multiple, I guess, key wins to, to stay relevant in the division. Has has a couple of big wins, but then he has a big loss. And then he has a big win, and then he has a big loss again. He just, he can't seem to string that together. And at some point, people just stop taking you seriously. It's been win-loss, win-loss, win-loss for the last five. And again, high-level competition in the losses, pretty high-level competition in the wins as well, but you need to put two, three, four, five of those together if you want to stay relevant and work your way into a title shot. Hermanson has not been able to do that yet. And I think this is, this is a big one to, to try to stay relevant. And I don't, I don't know if he wins this fight unless he does like some spinning in knockout thing on Sean Strickland. I don't know if this is the fight where it's like, oh my God, okay, Jack Hermanson has arrived. But if he loses, it's probably over. And again, like this isn't going to be the, okay, well, now this dude has really risen up if he wins this fight, but it's just to keep him on that level to work his way into a top 10, five type of a, an opportunity in the division. For Strickland, 
he's starting to put some wins together. This would clearly be the biggest win, I think, that he has had. All due respect to uh, to, to Jotko and to Uriah Hall. I guess Uriah Hall is a pretty big name. But this is, again, a fighter who is just right there on the, the relevancy in this division. You have Strickland, who is trying to kind of keep pace and just crack his way into that. A lot of people have a lot of respect for the talents that Strickland has. It just, it hasn't been able to get there at the highest level yet. So this is a couple of fighters who are fighting to stay relevant this weekend in the UFC. Which brings us to boxing, as Keith Thurman is fighting again. It's on pay-per-view against Mario Barrios. He hasn't fought since 2019, this being Thurman, and he only has three fights since 2017. There is so much excitement at welterweight right now, and no one's talking about Thurman. And if they are, it's the, well, you can put this fight together, and then this fight together, and if there's an on-man out, it's, Oh, and they could fight Thurman. That'd be fun. Yeah, let's do that. But he is a forgotten fighter. And it, it really is a shame because part of it isn't his own doing. Part of it, he gets hurt. Um, he has the, the biggest run of his career, back-to-back -back wins. He gets Porter. He gets, uh, sorry, Sean Porter and Danny Garcia. And then after that, he has bone spurs in his elbow. And it just, it takes a while. And as that's happening, this division is on the rise. And just fighter after fighter after fighter pass him by. And then he gets the biggest opportunity of his career fighting Manny Pacquiao. Maybe not the Manny Pacquiao that we all thought, but, or that, that we were used to anyway, but it's a big name. It's under the bright lights. I believe it was in Vegas. It's an opportunity to allow yourself to arrive. And he loses that fight. And that was crushing. I think to his brand, he has not fought since. I'm very interested to see, A, how this pay-per-view does on Saturday night, because I don't view, I don't view him as a, a big pay-per-view draw. Like, I, I am surprised this has happened a couple years ago. Absolutely, this is a big pay-per-view draw. But this feels like a very big fight night on PBC on Fox. Instead, they're doing it on pay-per-view. And this feels like, or, or a very big ESPN broadcast, but an $80 pay-per-view, I don't know. Like, it just, it like I said, it feels like things have passed him by. And... It's an opportunity to maybe make up for that, but he needs a very impressive performance. Going up against Barrios, who, since Thurman last fought, has fought three times. Most recently, back in June, he gets stopped in the 11th round uh, against Javonta Davis at 140 pounds. Now moving up to 147, Thurman's natural weight class. Everything seems to kind of go for Thurman. And I thought when I was doing uh, a bit of the reading and a bit of the research for this, it was like, oh, this is a fighter that's suited for Thurman. Barrios is someone who comes forward quite a bit, and Thurman has that power. And then I was like... Wait, does he? Because I, I think of Thurman as a very dangerous puncher and someone who can bring the heat and knock you out. Dude doesn't care to anyone since 2013. That surprised me as well. He, he is someone who has had... I, I, there was a time he had a lot of buzz. Uh, after the, the wins over Porter and Garcia, looking it up on the, the... Mike Coppinger had a really good piece on this on ESPN. He was number nine, pound for pound, not just number nine at welterweight. This is number nine in the world of face punching. And now look where he is at. Like it just, it feels like things have very much fallen off for this guy. And I, I really feel like, A, he needs a big performance. Like this needs to be a, oh my God, there, the knockout needs to be on TikTok. There needs to be like just, this needs to be a dominant performance that people are talking about after if he wants to work his way back into discussion at welterweight. Another thing that this is, is a cautionary tale for fighters. Because Thurman, he's got the look. He's got the charisma. 
until 2013, he had the fighting style that people were drawn to. Like, that there was a lot that said it factor about Keith Thurman, and now look where he is. In part because of injury, in part because of a key loss, and th that would be the counterpoint to this. But the, the main thing, this dude just hasn't fought in, uh, I believe the piece said 31 months, since July of 2019. So, two and a half years Thurman has just been gone and the rest of the division has passed him by. When you have these fighters who are on this rise, I understand, make your money when you can make your money and get paid what you are worth. We've talked about that a million times with the Ultimate Fighting Championship. But there is a point of diminishing return where if you just stay away too long trying to get that big payday, unfortunately, and I hate to use them like this, you might end up like Keith Thurman. Either A... You only fight once or twice a year, and then one of those times is you getting knocked the fuck out. And if you're only fighting once or twice a year, it's really tough to get that reputation back. Or if you get injured, it's really tough again to get that reputation back. That This is definitely a tale for fighters who are on the rise to be careful because it's one thing to get yours, but it's another thing to wait to get yours. And have it all just come crumbling down. So I think it's an it's an interesting fight weekend. Because you have a couple of guys who are fighting for spotlight in the UFC. And then you have Thurman who is fighting to get that spotlight back. I, I think it's a, a real interesting mix in the combat sports world this weekend. That's going to do it for Couch Potato Diary today. A uh, reminder, we are coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. Give the gift of time during the month of February. Call in and book a residential cleaning for someone you love and get 14% off. When you call in to 403-274-3998, mention you are phoning about the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions Valentine's promotion. Thank you to Clearwater Cleaning Solutions and their new mascot, C-Dub. Thank you to you for listening. You can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I am at PrimetimeKline, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK. You can email the show, CouchPotatoDiary, at yahoo.com. The music that you hear provided by Wasted Talent. They got some stuff coming out. Uh, find their producer on Instagram, at TommyFreshMusic. You heard it on this feed yesterday with a little bonus action. We had no idea. Comes out every Wednesday morning. If you like that show... Um, you can go subscribe to it right now where you got this one, and you can also find that show on Instagram at We Had No Idea Podcast. Like I said, sneaky big fights coming up this weekend. We got next week Israel Adesanya is fighting. We got the NBA trade deadline. Oh, and the Super Bowl. Plus, the fucking Olympics are going on right now. There is a lot to get to in the world of sports. Next week is going to be wild, and we'll be with you every step of the way right here on Couch Potato Diary. Have a good weekend, everyone. I'm out. <laughs>